This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gills Gilbert here at the GPC home studio and dog festival. They're very, it's a festival. They're very laid back today. This will be interesting. I have a feeling we're going to get 70 name, image, and likeness questions. Is that about I like actually, 70-ish? I don't, we might have one. Maybe not even. I don't even know. I don't think I put one in. Let me ask you guys a question before we start. <clears throat> if you were a student athlete, would you develop your own trademark, your own cat signal, your own Graham Mertz... Merchandise. That's really that's a good good store name. Yeah, I would. But a lot of it, it should start earlier than college. You know, when you're a kid, you usually pick a number, but you want to pick a number that works with your initials. Like you, there's going to be a branding element. TB12. To, to you know stuff like that, yeah. where you know, draw with your initials, figure out what works. You know, if your name starts with a Z, you should probably be a two. You know, some stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, I think that you should definitely have a, a branding. Whether it's going to be valuable or not is a different thing, but I don't see any problem with somebody having a, a logo or a brand. Yeah, if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a star football player, even if I'm like Deuce Vaughn, give me my silhouette image on a purple T-shirt with my signature underneath it, and you know whatever you want to call it the deuce is loose whatever like some trademark saying throw it on a t-shirt sell it in the k-state store it costs 15 dollars to make and you'll sell them at 30 dollars no, they're not going to sell them at k-state store or I mean, wherever i these, mean i mean these them. these types of deals you know if we're going to get into talking about merchandise it's they're going to operate their own stores you know it's what influencers it's what youtubers have done mm-hmm. you know it's just creating these additional streams of income and if if a player thinks they're good enough to make a t-shirt and have it sell good for them but i'm not you know i know you got into it in your daily delivery talking about paying you know a million dollars for three t-shirts i don't think that that's gonna happen i think it's pretty no but but how about the more realistic version of how many fans would buy a a t-shirt in which the player's profiting let's say 20 bucks because um in reality, 
a thirty dollar t shirt actually costs about six bucks to make. I mean, it doesn't cost much. Eight Plus, bucks, a lot bucks. of these, a lot of these shops, they're going to be print on demand. Right. I mean, that's what all these YouTubers that's use. All it's all print on demand. You know, they're taking a cut. They don't have to buy inventory. They don't do have to worry about having excess stock. They they don't have to worry about shipping it. It's just their logo on a T-shirt. It, it's it's really a pretty smart business no, I, idea. I, I agree with that. I, I don't fault them for it. But how many $30 T-shirts would Deuce Vaughn sell? I mean – I think it could. Sell. I don't think it. I don't think it. I think amount. talking about the, the you know the number of T-shirts they sell or the interest. I don't think it matters. If let's say Wyatt Hubert, you know, last year he sold 500 T-shirts. That's 500 more T-shirts times whatever his profit margin dollars that he has in his pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about you know tens of thousands of mm-hmm. dollars for most of these players. If somebody wants to make a T-shirt and make a few hundred bucks, they can do it now. And well, that's what most of these deals and most of these name, image, and likeness um, if you you sell, know, profit is going to be. It's gonna, we're talking hundreds of dollars, not tens. Or, no, I mean, if you're talking about selling 500 T-shirts and your profit at minimum is $10, you're into $5,000 right there. If it's $20, you are into $10,000. Sure. That's my point is could fans collude to say, hey, come here and your merchandise will be worth more and like – at a big school at Texas, 10,000 fans collude together off of one of their sites and say, let's all buy a T-shirt from this guy. And boom. I mean, if it, if the profit's 10 bucks, you just paid him $100,000. I just, I don't, until we see it happen, I'm not worried about collusion or any of these This, these this is my point, though, is none of this would be illegal under the NIL guidelines. It all would be perfectly legal. And yet it's a way to funnel money to a player. This is almost like book sales. I mean, that's the dirty secret of a New York Times bestseller, an Amazon bestseller. Um, And it happens a lot in politics. A political action committee will go buy 100,000 books. They'll sink that much money into it to scratch your back. And you have now have a bestseller and you just got paid a bunch of money. It's crazy, but... We'll see what happens. I'm, I don't fault the kid for it. I'm, I'm not overly impressed with his logo. I mean, no, it's, it's clearly a knockoff. There's so many different. There's only so many different initials and numbers that you can pick from, and there's hundreds of thousands of people with the same initials. There's only one K-State football uniform, a player that could put out merchandise with his uniform number that I will buy. Only one. Marcus Watts. Oh, no, I wouldn't buy that bumps. No, 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 no. He's a has-been. It'd be very nice to have it. Oh, Noah Johnson. Noah Johnson's 69. (laughs) I mean, that's a very marketable number. If we're going to talk about about money in athletics, man, if I'm an offensive lineman, that's what I'm going for. The, the very nice collection I know. by Noah Johnson. You could sell polos. Like I feel like that'd be like a you know a, a nice little uh, golf brand. Would K State let him use the phrase "eat him up, eat him up"? Case <laughs> if it says KSU in it, no. It'd be even nicer. 
I don't think any K-State words or word marks would be allowed. Well, we're this far into this, and now that we're talking about uh, what we're talking about, I should point out we're sponsored by The Fridge. I don't even know what to say after what we've been talking about. (laughs) Um, Get on into The Fridge and get nice with their collection of alcohol. Our segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low. Check them out. In Aggieville, next time you're in town. I feel like we should get started with your questions from all of our station before I talk more about Noah Johnson's 69. Here's Gills. First question comes from Wagcat. Have you been picking up any vibes from the football team one way or another? Does it seem the malcontents are gone and everyone left is focused on proving last year was an anomaly? Did I say that right? Anomaly? Anomaly. Anomaly. Or does every season kind of sound the same after you've been around the program for a while? No, I, I think that was a real effort. They had some uh, people decide K-State wasn't a good place, and and now they're not here. Yeah, that's fine. Some of them are still here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some of them have stuck around. But they're almost like they're in rehab. They're in uh, the Wesley Wandu Rehab Institute. How to get past the stuff you've did, done and said in the past and move on to a brighter future. Wes did it with basketball. Now we'll see if some players can do it with football. But, no, I think the locker room's a much more inviting place now than it was a year ago. There's a lot of problems in that locker room. I think it's interesting going to the camps and seeing – you know, the level of players that are going to help out. You know, you yeah. see Skylar Thompson at these camps. You see Deuce Vaughn. I know Deuce Vaughn's still a, you know, he's played a year. He's a freshman and will be a freshman for however <laughs> however long the NCAA allows. But, um, you know, it's interesting that the guys that you'd think that have earned their dues and don't need to go do, you know, high school camps, you know, on Sunday mornings, you know, it's it's impressive seeing, at the very least, the the level of leadership type guys that are that are going to these camps and are helping out. To me, that just says that everyone's bought in, or at least the guys that you need to be bought in are bought in, and that's, I think that that's as much as that's that's what K State needs. I mean, when you look at what happened last year, I, I think you guys can agree with me on this that there was a lot of leadership problems from on the field to upperclassmen to whatever you want to say. It just felt like when Skylar Thompson got hurt, nobody really stepped up. And again, with everything that went on last year, I do, I don't think you can look at it any other way without saying that it was an anomaly just based solely upon the circumstances. I mean, how many games could K-State have said, okay, no, we're not going to play because we can't feel a competitive team. And that was never Chris Kleiman's MO. He wanted to play. He felt like those kids deserved a chance to play. And I think that's going to ultimately benefit the program in the long run. But you're right, Zach. I mean, just from the little that I've been around the, the team, seeing those guys and, and how excited they get for kids that probably are never going to come to K-State. Mm-hmm. They just love football. They're out there. They're helping. I think – that says a lot about the relationship with the coaches, too, which is a really good sign. I agree. Well, as far as I'm aware, Skylar Thompson, Deuce Vaughn, BB, all these guys, Jake Ruby, that we've seen out there have never had any sort of issue with the program, right? No. What about right. the players that have had issues? I haven't seen any of them out there. No, that's a good point. That is true, but I think that you know it says a lot. Of, at the very least, the guys that you want to be leaders in your team, they're okay, being sure. the leaders and they're showing yeah. up and doing the work. Yeah. 
I'm with you. I just thought I'd bring that up. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, when it comes to Skylar Thompson. He's he's earned his dues. You know, he's... Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be there. He's quote-unquote, he's big time enough that Jake Rubley and Will Howard can go to these camps and help Colin with the quarterbacks. You know, it doesn't have to be Skylar. But, you know, he'll show up occasionally. Next question from Jedediah. If K-State would have lost to OU the past two seasons, would Chris Kleiman be on the hot seat going into this season? I actually think a little bit. I don't think so because the first season, if you lose to Oklahoma, you're still 7-5 and five and you're making a bowl game. And first season, you know, as a head coach when the expectations are low, I mean, that, that'd still be a two-game improvement off of the year before. So I don't think losing to Oklahoma in his first season would have been a big deal. Um, and then, you know, again, next last year, like I just said, an anomaly. So if you lose on the road at Oklahoma – I don't think you can look at that and say, oh, well, that's a failure. I mean, I. No, it's not. No, it's not about looking at the OU game itself. It's looking at what happens the rest of the season. Because the OU, both of those OU wins, they've allowed a little bit more margin of error when it comes to the rest of the season. You lose to OU last year. And that starts to look like a really bad season. There's no, you know, feather in your cap, so to speak. And then you go on a six-game losing streak to end the season. You know, it it looks really bad. And at least you have that OU win. We can say, hey, at that point in time, you know, it might have been only the second game of the season, but you know, it it was a it was a good win, and it it was a good win coming off of that Arkansas State loss. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you go three and seven, that looks pretty bad. It does, and and I get that. You know, it looks great when beating OU, but, you know, it's not really about the wins as much as it is what it saved, you know, in the rest of the season where you had some slip ups. Well, I would make the argument, what's the difference between three and seven and four and six in a COVID year? I mean, really, what is the difference now? If K-State goes and they get blown out in that game, like it looked like was going to happen in the first half. Sure, I could, you know, I could listen to it. But, you know, if K-State comes all the way back and then OU finds a way to win at the end of the game. I mean, again, it's all variables, right? I mean, how does if K-State loses that that game in Manhattan against Oklahoma and when Oklahoma recovers the onside kick and they say that it was a legal onside kick, then they go down and score a touchdown and win the game. I mean, we're, we're, this is two completely, you know, different conversations. How do they look against, you know, a top five team compared to, oh, well, they won and that's all that matters or, oh, they lost. That's all that matters. That's just kind of how I see it. Here's what I'll say. I Two years is a very short time period, though. You yeah, I, mean? I don't if think it, if this was if after three seasons and the Oklahoma wins were all he could hang his hat on and he got, you know, he lost his bowl games and stuff. Sure. I just think it's one season too soon to ask this question, but I think it's a valid point. Sure. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the seat's hot by any means. It's I just, just think lukewarm. I just think that the seat's warming up a little bit. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. all right, we're going to turn the stove on now. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. You know, like we're going to get it ready. And it's up to you to cool it off this third season. But after three seasons and, you know, if if you don't turn the stove off, well, it's going to be a little hot. So I like to play hypotheticals here. Let's say K-State beats Oklahoma again. But let's say they go seven and five. Is it the same? Does he have the same leeway? Or at what point do you say, okay, you know. We have to kind of get things going here. No, if they go seven and five with a win against OU, it's still it's still fine. It's just extremely frustrating that you can go out and you can beat the best team in the conference, hands down, and beat them three years in a row. But you're still only good enough 
to be seven and five, that's extremely frustrating for a fan base that you're good enough to play with the best of them. You just can't keep it together the rest of the season, you know, and those, those variables, the highs are really high and the lows are really low. That's probably more frustrating than just losing to OU and going seven and five That's the fair. rest of the season. Okay, so let's say they lose to OU last year. So they start the season 0-2, right? It was a five-game losing streak at the end of the year. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. <clears throat> um, it might as well have been six games. Yeah, yeah it was a miserable <laughs> ending. So let's take this hypothetical, though. Without the loss to Oklahoma, are people as mad that you lost five in a row? Man, they're still going to be upset. But the fact that you could beat Oklahoma and then lose five in a row was rather dumbfounding to fans. So they certainly wouldn't be happy with three and seven, three and seven. They wouldn't be accepting of it, but they might lean more into the, it was a horrible year. COVID got us because it's hard to say that when you beat Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it does change the context. I think people uh, in general are more uh, malcontent about stuff. They're malcontents over the, how things are going, but I don't know that people are as pinpoint disappointed because they have seen the up back-to-back wins over Oklahoma. Nobody else is doing that unless you're Alabama or Clemson and meeting them in the playoffs. Nobody else is doing that. You're capable of doing that and yet losing five in a row. I think that just really accentuates the frustration from the fan base. It's kind of like Jorge Soler leading the American League in home runs and then going on the next season to get hurt. And then the year after that, he hits 170. And the year before he hit the home runs, he was hurt and hit 170. And so fans have kind of seen, okay, well, this is what can happen. Right. But you look at the overall stretch and, okay, well, this is maybe what he is. I could understand maybe if K-State, you know, if this continues to be a trend where, okay, well, they can get to the highest of highs, but the overall body of work shows this. I, I can understand it, but again, I think, like Ryan said, you know, two years, it's it's a valid point. But I let's let's wait. If we're sitting here having this conversation next year at this time, and K State goes seven and five and beats Oklahoma again, and this question gets asked, I think it has a little bit more legitimacy. Seven and five, if, though, I think you're maybe six and six, five and seven. Then we're having the conversation. Seven and five and a win over Oklahoma is good enough. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as much as seven and five is frustrating and sucks. You still beat OU, you know. That means your back, program's going back up. Yeah. Back to your statement on if OU, if they lose that game and they start 0-2, do you think that that game, if they lose it, are they more inclined to skip the Iowa State game? Because that OU game, they had a lot of players out, you know, especially on defense. Mm-hmm. And they were, able to, they were able to prove, hey, it doesn't matter. Next man up and we can go beat Oklahoma. Do you think that that gave them some – confidence and maybe a little bit too much confidence going into the rest of the season where hey maybe we should have not played a game especially that one at Iowa State yeah, I've always know. been told that they wanted to play every game no matter what but that's right. a good point if they don't beat Oklahoma who knows yep I agree with all that it's it's hard to tell how everyone would have reacted but it would have changed the context of everything within the yeah. program and outside the program so you might be right 
from I Like Pickles Cat. I have some prop bets for you to consider. Oh, we'll go one by one here. Number of times Kurt Warner or a Stallone are put on the Jumbotron during a home game over under 1.5. Does Jake Rubley count as a Stallone? <laughs> I feel like there's a technicality here. I'm going to take the over because I think Kurt Warner's going to be at a lot of games. So, But is Kurt Warner recognizable enough to K-State HD TV and their yeah. production if this was ESPN to put him on, TV, on? I'd take the over. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't trust I don't trust the knowledge of today's youth to know who Kurt Warner is. Is there any K Staters that play for the Cardinals right now? Reggie Walker. Okay, so no. the, the he does, Reggie Walker does the second Reggie Walker plays for the Arizona Cardinals well, because the weird. first the first Reggie Walker played for the Arizona Cardinals. Right. I think he was active one week this year. I don't know. Hmm. I did the NFL recap. So if Reggie <laughs> if Reggie Walker gets a sack. And they show it on the big board where they have K-Staters in the NFL, and he's the last one. And then they show Kurt Warner after that, and it has, says, like, Cardinals legend. But still, is, do we trust them? Wait, <laughs> wait. So when you think of Kurt Warner, you think Cardinals legend? Yeah, I mean, he led him to a Super Bowl. I know they ended up losing, but yeah. Not the team he won the Super Bowl with? I mean... Okay, or any Rams. I mean, you can throw he's, that in there. He's, too. A, he's a Rams legend. Either way, I'm going to go over. And, a, and just a, an, an old timer that went to the Cardinals later. <laughs> he was really good there, though. Yeah, he was good, but he. I mean, he was like old, like Tom Brady at yeah. the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, Fair I wouldn't. Enough. That's like calling Tom Brady a Tampa Bay Bucks legend. I'll My be honest, opinion. I don't remember his days with the Rams. I only remembered him with their. Because you were born in '99, yeah. bud. So, so we're in the same boat. <laughs> I guess you're a boomer. <laughs> yeah. He called you a boomer, man. <laughs> wow. He dropped a boomer on you. Wow. Someone born seven years earlier. <laughs> wow. Who was just old enough to remember Kurt Warner playing for the Rams. <laughs> I, I'm i all in on all of it. Whatever they want to do. I, They'll just confuse fans. I mean, at least Kurt Warner's son's named Warner. <laughs> right. He'll just confuse fans. What's, what's, why is Stallone here? What? I mean, why is Sylvester Stallone our new Eric Stone Street? Stone Street's going to be on the sideline with Sylvester Stallone, and Stone Street's going to be giving him a little fake punch and just to see what he does. And Actually, ooh. because you gave that description, I think it's going to happen. I'll go, one, uh, I'll take the over. <laughs> over. Yep. I'm the only one on the under. All right. Sounds good. Uh, number of rain delays over under half. Or I guess point five. I'll go over. Yeah, I will play the odds that there will be weather in September. October. Twelve games. What was that? We were at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Gills when that yeah. got it delayed. It seems like there's at least yeah, one. Was there any last year? Baylor was really rainy, but I don't think. It got I don't delayed. think no, it wasn't a delay. Even two years ago, or well, now three years ago, that trip to Baylor, there were storms. I think there was lightning like eleven point not or what twelve point one miles away. Like it never got within the mm. the radius of whatever it was. Based on that, I'll go over. over. I'm gonna take the over. Well, also you have to factor in they're playing one less game outside with the mm. Cowboy Stadium, so Ooh. that might be something too. Yeah, but I still think I'm gonna take the over. I like that. I'll take the over. Oh, sure. that's I never thought about that. I feel like that's a significant advantage play that you can. It just says rain calculate. delays though. I mean, can we change this to like tornado delays. delay? Cause that could happen in Texas. You never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's true. Okay. Well, I'm going to pick the over cause 
Uh, I predict that K-State will be beating Oklahoma. A rain delay will hit, and uh, then Oklahoma will regroup and kick the crap out of K-State. That's my prediction. Hope you're wrong. Number of non-offensive touchdowns scored over under three and a half. Over. Over. At least a kickoff, at least a punt return, at least an interception, plus one more bonus. In 12 games, and hopefully 13 games, yeah. I think over for sure. Because how many did they have against KU? Didn't they have a pick six? Yeah. And then two punt returns in one game? I think there's going to be at least one game where they have multiple. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd take the over. I flirted with the under, but like you mentioned, KU is probably going to let them score a couple. And they'll get some of those easy ones. So, over. Okay. Odds. <laughs> excuse me. Odds of a streaker during any K-State game. Plus 2,400. I'm not taking that bet. No. There's never... At least as far as I can remember, I do not believe there has ever been a case, uh, a streaker during a K-State game. Not at home. No. There was, was there one at the Alamo Bowl There was in one 15? at Iowa State. I, I can't remember what year it was. There was a streaker on a very cold day in Ames, Iowa, and K-State was winning the game. Uh, said streaker got pinned up against a very, very cold brick wall for... Mm-hmm. Much too long. I think they made him suffer. Uh, they carted off the naked man, and that's when we learned that Iowa State football responds to naked men, and they kick the crap out of K-State the rest of the game. I'm not going to take the bet either. This is too – if this was actually a bet, it's been proven. There's only one good way to win that bet. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Bet, bet the over. Say, yes, there will be a streaker. Bet a lot of money, be that streaker, get fined, and still have plenty of winnings to pay off your bet. There you go, Fitz. I think we found what you're doing at the first home game. (laughs) It was a streaker, but he kind of just fell down. (laughs) It was he just rolled around. He was was out there, but he had a credential and he just took his shirt off. It was weird. Yeah, and he just we well, he was kind of fat, so we really couldn't see anything. (laughs) You need to get you like a wingsuit. What are those called where you can jump and fly? And then you'll just drop into the stadium. I, I don't think that would work for a 300-pound man. you got to use a, a parachute. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I feel like if I if I jumped out on a wingsuit from, like, the top of the press box somewhere, Isaac Newton will be going, oh, I screwed this up. This, <laughs> this, is, this, this doesn't work for it in all cases. Next one is number of quarterbacks that take a snap, including direct snaps, over, under, four and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go under. I think four is a good number. You throw Skyler, Will, Jake, and then you get one more bonus. And I think if they ever do a wildcat formation, because I don't think they've done one. I don't think they've done a direct snap. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one. And that gives you some leeway for one. So I'm going to take the over because you're not counting. Does it say quarterback or does it say direct snaps? We're talking about non-field goals, Cole. No, I'm saying, but what if you snap it to an up man on like a fake punt? Mm. Does that count? I feel like this is a non-special. Okay. It says including direct snaps. But that's not a, I don't think that that's a, I don't think that includes special teams. Okay. Well, if it doesn't include special teams. I think a snap to the, one, we haven't seen a snap to the up man from K-State in the last two years. That's why I think they're going to do it. The odds are in their favor that they will. I've said that all the time when (laughs) Snyder was the coach, but no, we never had a fake field goal 
that was planned, fake punt. You have to go back to Ron Prince to find one of those. I, I well, I also could see um, if we're going to take bets on Wildcat quarterbacks, they've put Malik Knowles back there as a as a running back. It would not shock me to see him as a as a quarterback back. Yeah, there. but you still fun. got some leeway. If he's the one, you got three quarterbacks plus that. I think this gonna, is an easy under. And then they're going to try and find ways to get Deuce Vaughn and Joe Irvin on the field at the same time, too. Unless this is 2015, <laughs> I'm taking the under. I'm just saying. I'm taking the under, too, but I could see where you could take the over. Well, why did you talk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the under even if it's three and a half. Rubley, okay. Howard, and Thompson, that's it. I don't see any other that's fair. BS happening. Okay, I'm going to go under just because... I have no logic to it. You want to talk about that? No, uh, no. I actually, I, I just cause I would like to point out that if they play all four quarterbacks at some point in the season, I'm not forgetting Lewis, and then Deuce Vaughn takes a direct snap. Is it a push at four and a half? Hmm. Why? Because he's mm, half, he's uh, pint size. Okay, he's a little guy. Okay, that's all my input on this question. <laughs> Number of AP All American team selections over under one and a half. All American, like first team. I think it's first, second, third. Is it referencing maybe that Phil Steele had Deuce Vaughn and Phil Philip Brooks on his All American yeah, teams? I want to go, on. but we're talking AP. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna, go, press. I'm gonna go under because I don't think K State has enough a name right now, unless they have a huge season, to get more than one guy. And Deuce might be the only I one. I think Deuce is a specialist as the one, so I'll go under. Yep, same here. What if they don't even get any? I mean well, Deuce Fonda underpaid the last half of last season, <laughs> you know. People knew if you stop Deuce, you stop K State. I know Thompson coming back is gonna is gonna help K State in that regard, but I wouldn't be surprised if Deuce is left off as well. Mm-hmm. So you're taking the under at zero. Okay, I'm taking the zero. Yes. Okay. Number of all conference selections over under six and a half. I think that's under two. Under two. That seems high. Does OU or Texas get six or seven? Do, do any of them get seven? Like, who is the last, you know, first, second, third, honorable, honorable mention, whatever? Yeah, they do. Oklahoma, certainly. But how many over seven, I guess? I don't know. So if we want I think s- that I think that seven, or like, even if you exclude Oklahoma and Texas, the other seven schools that aren't K-State, because we know K-State's not hitting that, how, how many of them are getting seven? I think this number's a bad number, Pickles, if under. You, if you want to squint, you could say Deuce Vaughn, you could say Skylar Thompson, you could say Malik Knowles. You could say Jerron McPherson. You could oh, say I, you could say maybe Bronson Massey as an honorable mention. You could say okay, you're at five and you are making sounds with your mouth to draw out the uh, time that it's taking you to think <laughs> of these names to get you to seven. Okay, you got right. two more to hit the over. This is way under, man. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Lastly, but certainly not least, the Oklahoma game attendance over under 53,300. Is that a sellout? Under. I think 53,811, I think, is the all-time record against Nebraska from 2000? Oklahoma, 2000? And there's no more uh, Hill. 
in the corner that you can just shove a bunch of standing room people. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we'll ever see. I was wondering this when I was at the field the other day trying to watch a camp. And I wonder what the actual capacity is now. Because <clears throat> they list it as 50. And they, they list it intentionally under what the capacity is so that they can have more, quote, sellouts. Which I think is cheating. Just list mm-hmm. the damn capacity. I wonder what it is right now. Because I was looking at that corner where the band was, and I'm like, if they repurpose that, how many seats does that really cost if they put, you know, like a little party area in there? I don't know. Probably lose 400 seats, but you add 200. It's probably like a net minus 200, maybe. I don't know. I just wonder what the actual capacity is of the bill now. I don't know, but I actually think we're going to see lower capacity i think we're going to see lower attendance this year just because i don't think people are going to come back um as much as maybe people think i think that's going to happen across all football i think that's going to happen in arrowhead stadium it's going to happen in seattle with the seahawks you know these traditional places where we see fans come back i just think it's going to be a mixture of oh yeah there's a game as opposed to hey do you want to go to the game well people didn't do that for a year they just watched it on tv instead of thinking oh hey let's go to a game they might say oh well Oh yeah, we could have gone, but I forgot. You know, I just want to watch it on TV. Yeah, considering think, uh, considering in 2019 they didn't have games that were sold out. Uh, they struggled. For I, a I, now. Like I think we're finally going to see, you know, a, a down, you know, a slip, a slip up of KC attendance, which has historically been strong, even in the times of bigger TVs and people just wanting to stay home and watch the game. And now that last year. Everyone had an excuse to just stay home and watch the game. And there's certainly going to be a lot of people that say, you know what? That wasn't so bad. I didn't have to deal with the traffic. There will be. You know, I can watch it here on ESPN Plus now that I've figured it out. (laughs) Because quite frankly, there's enough people that have probably figured it out and said, hey, I've already done it. I know how to do it. We're just going to watch this here, you know. But it's going to take, I think, across all of sports, a significant um, examination of what can we do for fan experience, you know, even more than what they've tried to do the last five years, you know, what can we do in stadium to keep people in the seats engaged and having a good time and spending money on our product? Would Fitz streaking help this? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I, I've thought since the pandemic started rolling, that attendance would never be the same. At concerts, at sporting events, because people have decided, I just don't need that stuff. I was, I'm, I mean, I'm okay. It's kind of like going cold turkey on stuff. And then I heard Oklahoma State is nearing record season ticket sales in football. I thought that was intriguing because it's not a season in which they're filled with mm-hmm. a bunch of hope. I mean, they're supposed to be okay, but probably mid level in the Big Twelve. And they're selling tickets like crazy. So I will be very intrigued to see what attendance looks like at Bill Snyder this this season, particularly early on in those two early home games. Do people show up in numbers? I hope I'm right, but I think that fans are going to be dying to get back into stadiums, especially like you talked about, Cole. Uh, Chiefs fans, Seahawks fans, it's a lifestyle. It's a you know way of life for them to do that. And I don't know if Bill Snyder, I'll take the under to answer the question, but I think we're going to see a boom. I hope you're right. Mm. Everyone hopes you're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of people don't say, hey, I, I'm used to watching it on TV now. 
it's a pretty good experience. Saves time, saves money, saves you know stress of getting to and from. We'll find out. I'll take the under though. I think that's asking for uh, the fans to be really fired up, and that game's just too early in the season to mm-hmm. do that. But I think that attendance numbers for the the entire season, since they go on the road first, if they don't beat Stanford, I think you're going to see bad attendance. Generally, what we would consider bad, you know, probably forty eight thousand or below. It w- it wouldn't surprise me if it was a pretty easy ticket to just get into the building to a K State game this year. If they lose to Stanford, if they beat Stanford though, I think you might be closer to this fifty three thousand number for the OU game nice. than. Than without you know with a loss to to Stanford, I'd put it at about a five thousand, maybe not five thousand, a four thousand person attendance spread between a loss and a win against Stanford. Wow, that was a long first half, but it's done. You have survived the first half of this week's Powercat Questions podcast, but there's more right after this. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. We're running long. We've got lots to say. Let's turn it back over to Ryan Gilbert. Oh, by the way, we're sponsored by The Fridge. From Emarica, can you give us your projected over-under spread and outcome for each football game this season? For every game? What what am I a dancing monkey here? Um, I guess over under that seems like kind of impossible. Nah, how about just spreads? How many points are you giving K State or giving the other team for each? We don't have to do over under. I, I don't understand this Stanford being favored thing. When you turn around and look at the over under for their mm-hmm. their win totals, and they're supposed to win four in an inferior conference. Have you seen their non conference schedule though? I mean that, that they have one of the toughest non-conference schedules in college football. Okay. They play Vanderbilt, they play K-State, and they play Notre Dame as their non-conference. Okay, Notre Dame's good. Okay. Vanderbilt's trash. Yeah, uh, but they could still Dame's lose overrated. that game. Though. Yeah, Nevada, Stanford's not that Nevada good. Nevada would beat Vanderbilt. Then again, we said K-State would beat Vanderbilt. I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you don't have to bring that up. Well, K-State, no. Notre Dame, right? I mean, those, those you could lose. Oh yeah. Two, Two non-conference games for Stanford, so right. I could see how that their over/under win total could be low. But yes, I will take a push on that. To get back to the question, I will say push on that game. I think that's just 
I there's too many unknowns about this game to really determine who's a favorite. Mm-hmm. They're both kind of expected to be mediocre, mm-hmm. right? Even. From the outside, it's a pick. It's a pick. I'm sure. Nevada, or is it Southern South, Illinois? Southern Illinois. South, Southern Illinois. It's off the board. Minus twenty one. Yeah, twenty one point five. Sure. We'll nope. stick it in there. Make sure you win by more than three touchdowns. Nevada. 13 and a half. I don't think it's going to be that much. I'm going to say minus, closer to 10. Minus nine. Nine and a half. half yeah. Uh, I'm going to say six and a half. I hmm. think it's going to be a low number. But if you're just an average sports better and you don't know much about Nevada, you see Power 5 program K-State going up against Nevada. Nevada starts. That's going to push the line over to K-State. But Nevada fair. starts the season with Cal. If they beat Cal. That's exactly sure. why they want that number. Because the smart money will pick Nevada. Mm-hmm. But. The other money will pick K State yeah. and balance it out probably, mm-hmm. and the and the gamblers would love that. Oklahoma State, it's on the road. Uh, Oklahoma State minus eight and a half. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say nine and a half for Oklahoma State too. Mm-hmm. These are weird numbers: eight and a half, nine and a half. I love the halves. Don't, no, don't yeah. give me the push. Yeah, we don't want push. <laughs> sure, I'm in that ballpark. Oklahoma. At home. OU minus 14. Yeah, I think it'd be like 12 and a half, 12, 13, somewhere in there. I, I like how think I said no halves, but that one's a two-touchdown Oklahoma, game for me. Oklahoma minus 17 right I'm going to go 21. I mean, I don't care about the last two seasons. They're going to be heavy favorites like they were the last two seasons. A lot of it is depending upon what happens, you know, yeah. in the games. But if we're depends just, on where the money is. But if we're just sitting here looking at it as of today, I think it's 17. Um, Iowa State. At home. Iowa State by five and a half. Five and a half, yeah. Really? Yeah. Iowa State's going to be a top ten team. Are they? I don't know that they will. I don't think they're going to be a top ten team. But for some odd reason, everyone thinks Matt Campbell is Jesus, so they're going to bet on him a ton. Now, hold on. In all fairness, I don't even know if he can grow a beard. (laughs) Um, I don't know about these false prophets. Iowa (laughs) Iowa State minus 13 and a half. I think it nah, be. won't be that high. Jeez, no way, no way. We're I'm within a touchdown. No, we're within a touchdown. It's within a touchdown. We should write these so. down to see because Fitz and I are closer, <laughs> closer together than, and you guys are closer together. We should see who's which is weird because me and Cole are usually so optimistic around K State sports, yeah. and you guys are more like realistic thinking. Right and now. we're more hey, well, but we're trying to make money here. Yeah, I'm not thinking about. <laughs> Realistic. I'm just thinking about where they're going to put the numbers yeah. to balance the money. Texas Tech on the road. Mm-hmm. K-State minus eight and a half. Really? No. No. Tech oh. minus one. K-State okay. minus three and a half. I am right yeah. there with you, Cole. Maybe I put it a little uh, Yeah, right I you. put it a little high. Yeah. Should probably be within a touchdown there, but I just um, think Tech's going to be bad. So The Horn Frogs in Manhattan. Mm. TCU minus three and That's a half? exactly where I was going. Yeah. See, I actually think this might be like a K-State minus one and a half. And, and at this point, we're so far into the season. Well, no. Yeah, it just doesn't. These yeah. projections are just complete guesswork because you don't know who's yeah. done what. Speaking of weather delays, was that three or four years ago when TCU was here? Yeah, it was back-to-back games, TCU and mm-hmm. OU. What do you have, Lots Ryan? of rain. Mm, that's really tough. Pick them. Um, KU on the road. Cats by a million. 
It's 90 fits. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm more optimistic than those people. <laughs> uh, minus 21 and a half. 28 and a half for K-State. Sure. 27 and a half. <laughs> okay. 16 for me. Huh. Really? Cast with 16. Okay. Mm. Interesting. I like how we think that's low. Okay. West Virginia. West Virginia minus three. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's at home though for K State. I'm gonna go push. I'm gonna go pick pick them on this one. I think they're gonna have West Virginia minus three and a half because of the success of Neil Brown over Chris Chris Kleiman. West Virginia minus two and a half. I actually think Cole they're gonna set the line based on where the money is for the casino <laughs> and enough. not because of Neil Brown. But <laughs> if you believe casinos work that way, I'll let you pretend that <laughs> that's how they work. Baylor. Oh At home. God, I hate bears. Uh, Why? Who was that? You? That was, <laughs> was it Cole? Yeah. Every podcast. <laughs> is that even a question? <laughs> Uh, oh Lord! <laughs> these these kids these days don't know how to mute anything. Uh, what are we on? What are we on? Baylor. Baylor. Uh, Baylor minus two and a half. No. Wow. I got no. K State by about a touchdown. Yeah, me too. K State is, is a in Manhattan, right? Historical Correct. Vegas underdog. No respect. Kelly's gonna make a whole bunch of money again betting on K State. I'll go we K-State know how it's going to be. When's the last time K-State beat Baylor? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, Alex Bowles. How about your cancer? How's that going? I'd rather talk about that than losing to Baylor on a repeated basis. Wait, when is the when's the answer, though? Was it, didn't they beat Baylor at Baylor when they had Alex Barnes and Jesse Ears? 16? Uh, I don't know. Uh, K-State at Texas for the last game of the year. 11 a.m. kickoff. 10 and a half for Texas. Where do you have the kickoff on that one? Friday after yeah. Thanksgiving. Love it. Actually, I'll go 13 and a half. That, it's a short week. You're on the road. 11 a.m. That does not add up well for K-State. Texas minus six and a half. I'll go six. 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm with Fitz on that. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Texas is going to be back, folks. They're about a touchdown. Okay. Uh, next game is K-State in the Big 12 Championship. <laughs> Against Oklahoma? Uh, no. What's oh, the attendance for realistic. Who are they playing? Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing KU. <laughs> That'd be uh, the greatest Big 12 Championship game in history. KU-K-State? Yes. Could you imagine? No. no I, and by, I literally cannot imagine. <laughs> and by greatest, I mean K-State's going to roll. Yeah. I can't wrap my mind around the concept. From Heard As Joe, who gets in the way of the well-being of K-State more? K-State fans slash alums, K-State administration, or K-State coaches? I don't really understand what I, I think the question is. Athletically, academically, as an institution? Yeah, give me the top of the question again. Who gets in the way of the well-being of K-State more? doesn't say what type of K-State. If we're talking about athletics, I don't think coaches. Because I think as a whole, K-State has a majority of the right coaches for their sports that they have. For the whole. Yeah. I don't think you can say administration because 
they're trying to make improvements on facilities and doing this these different kinds of things and so you're saying it's the fans and the alums that are given the money to get these facilities built? I just think that the negativity sometimes, people, K-State fans are pessimistic, and I include myself in this. And I think sometimes that you can kind of see the reflection on the field when the players feel the pressure from the fans and the pessimism arises. And K-Staters say, oh, here we go again. I think that's real. So, yeah, I think the fans. I see it as a circle circle of life thing. If the teams are playing well, you know that means the coaches are playing well. Then that means that the fans are happy, which means they're going to be spending money, which means the administration is going to have some money to spend so they can spend it on coaches, then spend it on facilities, then spend it on whatever. And then you start the cycle again. But you got to have a good product on the field or on the court. And I think – at the end of the day, that comes down to the coaches and it comes down to recruiting and creating teams that can win. So I would say that it's ultimately the coaches providing the product of success for K-State fans to enjoy. I am going to take a much more measured, long-term look at this. I'm going to say something I haven't said in years. That is the root cause of so many of K-State's feelings. Randy Crystal, you son of a bitch. I haven't forgotten what you've done in the past. I couldn't tell if you're going to make a serious comment or a joke comment. (laughs) I know you were fixing games. Sorry, I I just lost. I apologize to Randy Crystal, his family, and all the gamblers. You got screwed by Randy Crystal. I'm sorry. At first I thought the actor, but that's Billy Crystal. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right into the overtime we go. <laughs> I, I still hate we still, still We have more questions. Why? Anywho, at the end of the day, Why? I'm with you, Zach. The product on the field gets everything rolling. But Randy do you know how much crap that. Will Howard got last year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. No, that's a very good point. That's a really good point. Here's a true freshman not playing spring ball, not having much offseason program. Being thrown into a Big 12 football game, and when he struggles, fans are like, oh, he sucks. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. That's a pretty good impression, by the way. <laughs> yeah. From Wagcat, we had a little message board banter about having a K-State softball team. Do you feel there would be a spot for it, or are the startup costs simply too high in light of all the other facility improvements? No, I think they could make it happen I, it wouldn't be about the startup cost it would be the sustaining cost now yep. particularly with what the Supreme Court's ruled so do you want to add another sport in which you have to pay players I don't think anyone's going to be adding sports anytime soon until the NCAA figures out what its existence is in a legal sense I don't think there's going to be any schools adding sports anytime soon you know, and until the minimum number of sports required changes or, you know, gets increased, who knows? If the NCAA ceases to exist, I do not see any change, not just at K-State, any school adding sports. Mm-hmm. I agree. Until this whole legal thing gets sorted out, because there's there's no reason, and especially when it comes to Title Nine, you know what, you know if if you're 
having to pay players directly instead of, you know, just giving them scholarships, you know, whatever else, how does that affect Title IX if, you know, your revenue sports, football and men's basketball, you know, are they are you going to force these institutions to subsidize, you know, the sports that don't cost money or that or that cost money to run that don't make a profit? So there's a lot of legal questions that are probably going to shape up in the next 10 years before I could ever imagine a university, especially K-State, adding a sport. I'd love to see them add sports. I think that they should build a new auditorium closer to athletics and make it part of athletics. I think that having a swimming and dive team, especially in this region, would be good. And it gives you an opportunity to compete against Texas and TCU for swim and dive championships. See, that would be one of the last sports I'd add. I mean, it's a legitimate sport, but I think, well, it's hard to maintain. It's I mean, if your you're going to, if you're going to have a pool, which I think that you probably should have a pool on campus as part of, you know, right. The wreck, you should have one. Why not build it good enough to have a team? Cause at that point you're just paying for coaches. You're probably going to pay for some facility upkeep, but you know, some of it's already going to be used for public or at least university use. It's, in my opinion, it's the lowest cost facility to build and to implement a team because swimsuits don't cost a lot. Well, I have just a genuine question. I don't <laughs> – excuse me. I don't need to be snarky <laughs> with this, but how does women's golf or tennis or swimming, rowing, how, how does that bring more value to K-State and a softball team? Because softball is relevant. Well, you got to have a minimum number of sports. I saw softball on ESPN. You know, why don't you remove rowing and replace it with Because K-State well, is at the, the minimum number of sports is 16. K-State is at the minimum. And that includes yeah. counting indoor and outdoor track cross for country. men's and women's as four sports. And Plus, cross-country, cross men's and women's is another two sports. So six of K-State's 16 sports are running or track and field related. Mm -hmm. And you have another one that's tennis. Because that's low cost. That's the one that would get dropped. Yeah. Tennis is probably the one that gets dropped. But if you're going to talk about athletic opportunities, you have a lot more softball players than you have tennis players. Same with golf, you know, whatever else. You know, rowing has a ton, a ton. And they have high roster turnover. A lot of those girls do not stay in the rowing oh, yeah. program for four years. I it's know, just, like, well, so many rowers. Because nobody, hardly anyone in this area is rowing in high school. They're just yeah. picking up athletes and saying, come row. And then um, they are like, oh, this isn't for me because it's brutal. Look, to answer what you just said, um, and this is that's exactly why I think they should add softball. It's because it's relevant to this area. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a major high school sport in the state of Kansas. Mm -hmm. Tennis is a high school sport, but... The state, this area, and in some ways, this nation isn't producing enough high-quality yeah. tennis players. It's more than just the state or even the region. Right. I couldn't tell you where in the country you go to find a tennis player. They're Do you all, go to California? No, they're Do you all, go to Dallas? I have no clue. Where's the academy at? Down in Florida somewhere. Where I'm, all of them I'm come out of. <clears throat> but at so, that point, you might as well just go pro. Right. Like Sloan Stevens. This, this is my thing. I don't like offering sports... Because they're non-revenue, they're athletic opportunity sports that are here for 
NCAA or Title IX reasons, right? I mean, if left to their own devices, we wouldn't have a lot of these sports. A lot of schools would say, "We're gonna, you know what, we're going to do football and men's basketball. You know, and maybe we'll get to that. And eventually the NCAA will just say, do whatever you need to do. I've talked about this. Title IX comes into question. Maybe you have football, men's basketball, women's basketball, and rowing or a sport where you can have a lot of scholarship mm-hmm. opportunities. But in the interim, while you still have to have a minimum minimum number of scholarship opportunities, I'd like to see the sports that Kansas athletes play offered at Kansas State. You can't talk about Kansas athletes without mentioning wrestling. I yeah, agree. I, I was just I mean, about to say, if we're going to talk about that, yeah, wrestling needs to be there too. Yep. I agree. We've lost sight of what we are as a land-grant institution. Yes. Providing, case, providing Kansas kids opportunities. And, and we almost act as if we're ashamed of this. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything more noble in education than being a land-grant institution to be of this earth, to be about ag and engineering and the things that prop up the United States. So I just would like to see more athletic opportunities for Kansas kids. And, of course, you go out and supplement that with you know, national recruiting. Football is a perfect example of how to do that. They've been successful recruiting Kansas kids as a base and then really supplementing with great athletes from outside. But what we found is – if you give enough Kansas kids a chance, a Jordy Nelson, a B.J. Finney, they'll walk on. Or even a lesser name like a Jonathan Truman. They'll walk on and be successful and be better people for it as Kansans because they were able to come to Kansas State to play a sport. That's my biggest argument for softball, and I would agree with wrestling if they could find a niche, a, a way to do that. Again, you're adding a lot of men's scholarships yeah. to wrestling, and that's Title Nine is going to be the barrier to that. But softball, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's an absolute no-brainer. And my apologies to the tennis people out there. Both of you, I apologize that I have <laughs> upset you by saying K-State should not be offering tennis and thus in turn lots of athletic opportunities to international students. Maybe the university wants that. But you know what? I don't want that as a Kansas Stater. I want Kansas kids to have athletic opportunities, but not just be out there to put a team on the field full of Kansas kids and say, golly gee, aren't we great? We lost 17 games this year. That's not my point. My point is softball is a very tangible sport for a lot of young Kansans to be playing. I wish that the Big 12 would mandate sports. I'm, I'm with you. Volleyball, Oklahoma State, what are you doing? You have more sports than almost anybody in the conference, and you don't have volleyball. It's crazy. What, what are you doing? Same with same with K-State before they added soccer. They were the only one without soccer. They're the only one without softball, I think. Iowa State's the only one without baseball. Right. There, there should be certain sports. I'm with you. Know, you. Your football, basketball, baseball, there soccer, should, softball. You need to run those sports. You must compete and field a team. If you want to be a part of this conference, I agree. There should be a baseline to being in a power five conference. And if, if there's ever a separation between the upper echelon of division one and the rest, I would hope that those type of sports mandates would be part of it. K-State, you want to be in the upper echelon, you got to add softball. You got to add something else, whatever. It, it's just part of what goes with it. 
Last question comes from On Your Mark, Set Spin. Mm. I don't know if I've yeah. read that one off before. I feel like I have, but welcome if not. Welcome if oh, not. Yeah. Anyways, if K-State wasn't purple, what color or colors would we be? Should we be? I took this one from the overtime because I felt like adding it in. Wow, aren't you living on the edge? We lived on the edge. What colors would you want K-State to be? Purple. Neon, green, and pink. There we go. I'd love to see... Like, yeah, like a neon, like a Miami Vice type <laughs> type vibe. Let's do it. Let's make a petition But right also, now. you know the one color that has K-State ties that I love. Teal. It's teal. Teal. Teal and Bramlage Coliseum fuchsia security shirts. Mm. And, yes. And in honor of going to teal... And not trying to use wild animals as your mascot because they didn't they didn't approve of that. They didn't. No. I think Kansas State Tan Toms with Teal would be the perfect mascot. The well, he didn't give permission either. Well, maybe it's not about Tom Asbury. It's just some guy <laughs> named Tan Toms. Do you think he eats his boogers? No. It's too cool for that. Uh, video evidence says otherwise. If I could pick colors, it would be like the Carolina Panthers. A light blue and black. That's 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 my color scheme. Gills, what would you pick if you couldn't have purple? And by God, you're wearing purple right now, and you look freaking fantastic in it with that power cat on your left boob and the Nike swoosh on your right boob. Good job. <laughs> Well, I guess I need to throw this away if we're getting rid of the purple yeah. color. But I don't know. I'd just go like gray and white or gray and black. Ooh. Keep the other colors the same. I I disagree. I, as much as I love those colors. Iowa State is, wants to go to black and white. And I feel like that's just so perfect. It's like I know that... The movie was about Kansas. The book was about Nebraska. But could anything be more Wizard of Ozish than going to black and white as your mm -hmm. school colors? What's the one book that we read as children where there's like no color in anything? And then the kid gets the memories and he gets to see color when everyone else just sees black and white. Charlotte's Web. That is not the book. <laughs> I, I'm with him. Is I it called Crash? That'll Flash? do, Pig. I don't know. That'll I'll do. have to look it up. Whatever. Well, that discussion right there. We'll end this podcast. Maybe forever. Possibly. Next week on this podcast, Gene Taylor. I'll be on the road, and I have pre-recorded a Q&A with the Kansas State Athletics Director. And, of course, a great edition of Life of Fitch you do not want to miss is coming on the 4th of July, which is Sunday this year. We're going to drop it a day early so that we have some content on the 4th for you, and I think you are going to like this. We'll talk to you on Friday with the overtime. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the shed? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the sun. 
a new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.